Hi, I'm Eric Angevine. Welcome to Radio Superfly. When I do the radio version of my show, it's mostly heard in Central Virginia, but it also streams worldwide via WTJU.net. That means my music-loving friends can listen in no matter where they live. One of those friends, who hails from Vancouver, Canada, introduced me to Kuik, an eclectic band from the Pacific Northwest that's been dubbed the Native Parliament for good reason. The group features musicians with Tlingit and other tribal affiliations, and the late great Parliament keyboardist Bernie Worrell was one of the founding members. I was able to get the group's co-founder, Preston Singletary, on the phone recently, and he described the fortuitous sequence of events that led to him jamming and recording with one of his musical idols. Well, how, how I met Bernie was that you know he was running a Kickstarter campaign uh, which was going to finance a tour bus for Bernie Worrell Orchestra, which was the band that he was playing with at that time, around 2013. So I started to talk with his wife, who was his manager, and, you know, striking up the deal. And the, the part of the, the perk was that he was going to come out and drive that tour bus out to the city and whoever was, you know, were to purchase it and then do a, a private show. And so I decided that, you know, for my 50th birthday that that's what I wanted to do. My wife kept asking me, what do you want to travel? What do we want to do? And then this came up long and I said, well, that's what I want. I want Bernie Worrell to play, you know, my birthday party. I was talking with Judy, Bernie's wife, about my background and she was really intrigued with the fact that I was a glass artist and a and I, you know, I mentioned that I was a musician and, and I had this group at the time called Little Big Band and it was a, also a native themed band or, you know, we had Native American performers and, uh, tried to deal with native themes. And so, so we, we set up the time and, uh, and it was in the summer of 2013 in August. She said, okay, you have to set it up in a club where, you know, that would facilitate the band and the performance and then, so then try to book the next night for uh, a live show, you know, a public show, you know, because the, the party was a, a private event. But I was talking about my music and my band and stuff. And she said, well, you know, you should just, you should open up for Bernie. And so we made, you know, acquaintances. We, I brought him to my art studio and I showed him around and became really kind of fascinated with, you know, what I was doing and, and, uh, I played him some of my music, and of course we opened up for him on the second night. And uh, at the end of that show, he basically said, uh, "You know, I've been thinking about your music, and that you know we should get together and work on some stuff." You know, one really intriguing part of the story is that the night that we performed, uh, well, it was actually my birthday and then the party, and so I stood up on stage and I wanted to welcome the band to Seattle and and kind of talk about, you know, Bernie. And, and I sang a traditional song for him, you know, with my hand drum. And, you know, welcomed him to the stage. And so he sat down to his keyboard, you know, his, his road, the roads. And so he started playing with this melody that I was singing and basically morphed it into like a, you know, sort of a, a soul ballad kind of feel. And then he moved over to his the organ, Hammond, and he started expanding on it and it turned into sort of a classical 
symphonic kind of mm-hmm. sound, and then he started touching his synthesizers, and then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, turned into more of a psychedelic feel. And then all of a sudden, you know, he just, you know, the downbeat, and they kicked into their set, you mm-hmm. know, but he played this, this melody and variations on it, like, you know, 20 variations on it for about four minutes. And so from there, my jaw just dropped, and and I thought, wow, this could be a really interesting thing, you know. After after the fact, when we, we started to talk about music that we would create, building it off traditional melodies, and then creating a different sort of a pulse or a composition underneath the melody, and, and improvise on that. So that's kind of how we began. And it was just organic and very improvisational in the beginning. of another native musician who's a Blackfoot uh, tribal member. And he and I have a lot of similar interest in music as far as funk and soul and all that. And so he, he he expressed interest in getting involved. And so I, you know, wasn't really sure, but my intuition told me that, you know, yeah, we should, we should pursue this. He and I exchanged ideas, scratch ideas from from our phone recordings or whatever, you know, just things that, you know, so we would kick it back and forth and we would write, uh, you know, B parts or, or chords to each other's, uh, you know, little ideas. And then we went in a little bit more fully formed. I say it's, it was still quite loose, but we basically uh, went in with more ideas as far as changes and
walking down the street just the other day. Brother Raven was coming my way. So I said, hey, Brother Raven, you got some time? I'd like to ask some questions, like to pick your mind. He said, come on, son, let's go for a walk to the coffee shop up the block. Now that's where we can talk, yeah. So you free the stars, the moon, the sun. You brought the daylight to everyone. What's the answer to it all? He said it's for the people, man. That's where it's at. Working for the people. That's where it's at. So, you know, at the time I was playing with this saxophone player, uh, well, Skerrick and saxophone player out of Seattle, uh, very avant-garde, I asked him for advice. You know, I... I, w- I wanted to see how we could make the most out of this uh, opportunity. And uh, so he suggested that we get together with some improvisational musicians that were really sharp on that intuitive level. We selected a drummer. Matt Chamberlain, you know, was the first one name that came up. And then the last minute he, he canceled out, so we ended up with Stanton Moore out of mm-hmm. New Orleans. And uh, so he and Skerrick have a long history of playing together and so yeah so we basically went into the studio by December Some of the members of the group are very politically active. One of the members traveled out to Dakota for, you know, the standoff a few times. And so also uh, advocating for Native rights. And that does kind of seep into the overall message of the band. No more oil, we can't breathe. No more oil, the future can't breathe. No more oil, cause we can't breathe. No more oil, the future can't breathe. No more oil, we can't breathe. No more oil, future can't breathe. No more oil. No more oil. When I heard the shell decided to cease drilling in the Arctic, I knew it was not only a decision of a corporation that determined that particular outcome, 
that in fact it was the conscious efforts, the spiritual doings, and focused intentions of many dedicated people that created a healthier reality than was initiated by those profiteers. How powerful it is when we can unite beyond all differences to fight, to speak, to sing, and organize on behalf of our unquestionable commonality, our mother earth. You know, we're also interested in language preservation, which, you know, some of the languages that, you know, the Tlingit and the Haida language are, there's been a lot of uh, work that's been done to preserve the language and you know, we're down to a handful of speakers, you know, elders who are traditional speakers who are fluent in the languages. So, um, yeah, so there's there's that too. extension of my cultural art. I'm a glass blower. That's how it's, that's really how I make my living to support support my music habit. The music is sort of the oral interpretation of the culture because we're talking about native themes and we're taking uh, language and we're trying to synthesize it in this new way. For me, the the blending of jazz and rock and soul, it gives a lot to the native perspective. Our sky lay itself upon the earth, lips pressed to the clouds, a last roar of breath. A gray sun shone a pale face, one so bold, looking down upon, looking down upon a vanishing race. Not to be revered, no, not to be revered. Somewhere they forgot, we forgot, we survived. We forgot we survived, and yes, we did survive. We are a reminder that our ancestors, too, thrived. Before the last session was after we had learned that Bernie was was ill, I asked him if he was interested in going back into the studio, and you know he wasn't one to just sort of sit around and wait for the inevitable. He wanted to you know be around friends, be around uh, be creative. And so we actually went into the studio the fourth time, fourth and final time, and you know we did I think we did six days that time, and. 
and we were super productive. It resulted in two triple albums of material. The fourth of which, you know, is going to be released by the middle of this year. final bit of music that he was able to participate on, so this is pretty special for us. offers their first three albums on their website, kooweek.com, including The Wilderness Within on red vinyl, They Forgot They Survived on white vinyl, and Heen in a gorgeous shimmering blue. I can't wait to hear the upcoming fourth release and see what color they choose for the record pressing. In addition, I highly recommend that you look at Preston's impressive glass art at prestonsingletary.com. It's absolutely luminous. I've never seen anything like it. I'd like to thank Preston for taking time out of his busy schedule to share the stories behind the music of Kuik. And thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Kuik and the legendary Bernie Worrell. <laughs>